Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to a brand new season of the golf show from 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. My name is Darren Pritchett, and I am joined by my legendary co-host, John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, and Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club. And, of course, we are practicing social distancing as we are broadcasting from our respective homes. First off, guys, good morning. Great to be with you. I know it's not the norm right now, but it's always great to hear your voices. Thank you, Darren. This is John. Um, Tim, nice to talk to you. It's been a while, buddy. I know. One of the only reasons I like doing this show is so I can hang out with Foster an hour a week, and now I don't get to do that. So <laughs> <laughs> We might well, have to do Zoom or something. There you go. Oh, no. No, I'm so sick of Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 30 seconds removed from a Zoom meeting, so I know exactly what you're talking about. But you know what? We can treat this like we're sitting at the clubhouse after we just finished 18. Probably Tim shot 65 and John shot 72, and I just carried your golf clubs around. No. Were we playing video golf? <laughs> well, now, to be fair, Tim, you told me recently that you've actually had a little urge to pick up the golf club for the first time in a few years. I have hit more balls in the last month than I have in the last five years. So, wow. I, uh, yeah, I've used the muscles I didn't even know I had or whatever <laughs> it is, but I couldn't walk for like a week and now I'm hitting balls playing every day. So, back into swinging shape. It's not real pretty yet, but. Wow. Um, it's fun to be back swinging the club. Tim, is it one of those things? I mean, you are a, a small business owner, and there's a lot of challenges right now. Is it just a release for you? That's a big part of it, and also the bars are closed, so i got nothing else to do. <laughs> my, my, guess, my guess is he's relying upon the, the uh, money he's winning on the golf course to survive right now. So, ah. <laughs> and, we know, and we know Tim can make a lot of money on the golf course, so. Are, are you saying he can be a bit of a sandbagger to possibly no. profit? I don't even think he has to sandbag. The, <laughs> the guys he plays with think they're a lot better than they really are, so that's why that's a great situation for him. Oh, gosh. Any response, Tim? We're just going to let that go. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to let that go because, unfortunately, this year so far, that's not been the case. I'm still – I mean, when you don't play the game for three years, it's a really hard game. Um, and, uh, I guess I just, you know, I got a long way to go, but improving every day and, uh, enjoying playing again, which is, like I said, probably been three years. So it's also a lot of fun to move around and get a little bit of exercise at least. Let's also keep in mind, it's a tough game. If you're just going out playing, let alone when there's a little bit of coin on the line. (laughs) Of course, that's what makes it interesting though. Why else would you play? (laughs) <laughs> just for the joy and get some fresh air maybe <laughs> oh, yeah right well i'm assuming you are bringing all this up so we can get probably a sports betting sponsor sometime very very soon 
but we are sponsored by our good friends at Michelob Ultra. Stay in, stay active, and enjoy. Our thanks to United Beverage of South Bend and Michelob Ultra for sponsoring the golf show. They see the quality content that we provide each and every week. There's no doubt about that. And, and I want to make sure that if the governor's listening, which I'm sure he is, to this show, that yes. we do deem um, United Beverage an essential business during this yes. time. Yes. Okay. I agree. Okay. I think that's the way everybody is actually looking at it. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So let's kind of give an update on where we are at your particular golf courses. Tim, let me start with you, uh, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in south bend i'm sure it's been a roller coaster ride for you if you are at a stoplight it feels like it's been red green red green but right now you're a go yeah you know i mean it's been a very challenging time i mean it's um there's so many different factors that we considered and looked at um in in opening and and then closing and then opening without parts and now having parts and you know um, we're, we're a small business and we have, you know, um, you know, employees that are, this is their livelihood. And if we weren't open and, uh, we would not be able to continue operating, um, stay in business. So for us, uh, ultimately, um, under the, the direction of the governor and the Indiana golf office has been fantastic in communicating, uh, all the different updates, um, but we are allowed to be operating, and so ultimately we chose um, to operate, obviously under way, way different conditions. Some things we've learned, uh, you know, are, are interesting about our operation going forward even, um, about the ability to now, you know, everybody's forced to book their tea time online, and they're all paying online, um, and just how efficient uh, that we can be, even the way we're staggering our tea times and pace of play and uh, it's been kind of an interesting experience, but no, we're open, and you know, Illinois golf courses are closed, Michigan golf courses are closed, so we are seeing people from uh, all over the place, and we've pretty much been sold out uh, every day except <laughs> yesterday. Obviously, it was chilly, but today from 10 a.m. till I think 3:30, we're sold out, and then wow. tomorrow we've got over 200 players booked again uh, on the tee sheet. So it's been very busy. Um, we're able to keep people working and. Um, uh, hopefully that can last, and we're you know we're being extremely extremely safe. I think it's something we'll continue throughout the season. We've talked about as far as bleaching down the carts before they come out in the morning, when they come back in, if they turn around during the day, um, employees with gloves, and just some of the things that we probably will continue for the rest of the season. Get back to you, Tim, on more on what you're doing right now at Blackthorn. But, John, let me give you an opportunity. Your situation is a little different as the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. Yeah, you know, we, I'd like to say we closed that we never got open this year. We, our, our start date was going to be March 26th, and the university made the decision to shutter the operation both here and at the, uh, the nine-hole golf course at Burke on campus prior to us actually opening. Um, yeah, and, and it was I wasn't part of that decision, nor should I have been, and I don't disagree with it. You know, the, the university just decided in the interest of, of safety mm-hmm. not to chance anything as far as its outside operations or its revenue-producing units, whether that be the bookstore, uh, the ice arena, or us. Um, and, 
we were asked to put together certain procedures and protocols in case we were going to remain open. And that was, uh, like Tim said, that was a pretty good exercise to go through. I think we've learned a little bit. And ultimately, when we come out of this, we're going to have to change the way we do business as well. And, and um, so so that part is, has been helpful. I mean, it's frustrating for me and my staff. Um, uh, thank the university. They're paying my, my staff, uh, regardless of what we're awesome. you know, contributing at this point. So we certainly appreciate that. Uh, but I do want to bring up one thing that was a point of debate, not a long debate, but um, when it came to our maintenance crew, I don't think there was a lot of understanding within the university that whether we're open or not, and especially this time of year, there are certain essential duties that have to be done uh, in caring for this golf course, whether we have one player or a thousand players. And that has to do with you know, making sure the irrigation system's up and running, uh, the fertilizer applications that have to happen, the seed head suppression that has to be applied uh, to the greens, mowing, aerification. So we've been able to continue. The university has granted our maintenance crew the ability to come in, practice social distancing, and it's it's fairly easy to ensure that that our guys are safe uh, because you've got 200 acres on which to work. None of these jobs require two people next to one another. And they've done a fantastic job, and it's so frustrating to me when I go over to the course, and I, and I go quite a bit just to check on those guys and see what's going on. Um, it's in such great shape right now, and it really doesn't matter, I guess. But if we don't take care of it now, when we do come out of this, uh, you would tell you could tell from a playability standpoint it would take forever to get the golf course back to where it was. So kudos to our guys. Uh, it's a skeleton crew, and these guys have been working really hard, but we're certainly appreciative of the university for allowing that to happen. John, I know when Notre Dame football coach Brian Kelly met the media in a Zoom conference on Wednesday, he referenced that the university was going to have a meeting on May 15th, and in that meeting there was going to be a discussion about moving forward on a lot of things, including sports, what they might be able to do yeah. this summer. For people yeah. that are wondering when you might open, I know the mm -hmm. virus is still in charge, but two-part question, do you have a ballpark idea when you may open, and is the state of your golf course going to be a part of that conversation on May 15th, or is that more for the varsity sports at Notre Dame? No, I think, I mean, I think what Brian was referring to obviously had to do with the varsity sports, but I think we'll be one of the first enterprises that open uh, just because of the nature of what we do and the relative safety. And, and I think, you know, Tim's operation and other operations around the state have demonstrated that you can play golf and you can do it very safely in light of the situation that's going on. So it's, I, I know nothing as far as what the plans are other than May 15th is going to be a very crucial date for the university. I, I'm hopeful we can be open by June 1st in some capacity. And that's that's me wishful thinking, but the planning I've done and the forecasting I've done uh, for the university is all based upon a reopen date of June 1st. John Foster, Tim Firestone, Darren Pritchett, The Golf Show, presented by Michelob Ultra on WSBT Radio. Tim, back to Blackthorn being open right now. You referenced that if people want to get tee times, you can do that online. You can pay online. So what type of precautions have you taken in terms of the clubhouse? So the clubhouse is completely closed down. The restrooms, pro shop, everything's closed down. We have the, the, the back uh, window open for beer. Uh, 
soft drink sales, uh, kitchen is closed. Um, so just minimal beverage service available. Uh, we've brought in porta johns um, uh, outside the clubhouse so to keep people, you know, again outside away from the uh, clubhouse area to try to keep our staff safe. Um, and we, um, uh, again, just the, the amount of bleach and cleanser and the hand sanitizers and uh, you know, uh, it's just uh, we've really made a, an extreme effort to try to keep everybody safe. So, Tim, when someone comes out to Blackthorn, what is the procedure like right now without a clubhouse? Well, so that's what I was saying. It's interesting. Um, there are definitely some benefits to what we're doing uh, in a lot of ways. Um, there is basically everybody uh, has to book their tea time online. We do have some older folks that struggle and they'll call the pro shop and we'll help them out. But we're really retraining uh, our, our customer base on how to use our online booking engine. And quite frankly, I've learned some things from it and made some significant changes to the way it was uh, operational. But there was some things that were confusing that I never really even realized that were probably prohibiting people from using the website to book their tea times. Uh, so we've made some changes on the way that the, the system operates. We've worked with our Internet company, our website company, to make those changes and make it much more user-friendly. And then from there, they go. To, the golfer goes to the online <clears throat> store on our website, and they pay for their green fee, and they'll get a email receipt right to their phone. And so and they can buy range balls on there. Um, all of our memberships are on sale on there as well. We've uh, so we've seen, you know, uh, pretty much 99% of our, our revenue is coming through the website now. Um, and they simply show our starter down below uh, who, um, you know, is wearing gloves and is, you know, staring clear and kind of running the show, shows the receipt. Um, they hop in to disinfect the cart, and they're on their way. So it's a, the process is becoming smoother and smoother as the golfers learn how to use the system. Hmm. Uh, better, but uh, it's it's really worked out quite well. And the bleaching of the carts is done before the round and after the round. Yep. So before they come out in the morning, they get a complete wipe down with, with bleach water. When they come back in, they get bleached again. And, and um, you know, we've been so busy. Obviously, the carts are going out more than once a day. <laughs> so we're bleaching them all down again, and and then uh, send them back out. So um, it's. Uh, we're seeing, you know, we usually don't um, offer a walking rate at Blackthorn just because 99% of the people always rode anyway. Mm-hmm. But now we have introduced a walking rate hmm. um, for this for this summer, um, and we're seeing a lot more walkers. Um, so uh, that's been another thing that we've added as well. And BlackthornGolf.com is the website if you want to check <clears throat> out a tee time or any information. John, from your perspective, as you mentioned, you never even got opened this spring just spending time taking a look at the operation hearing what tim is saying do you feel like that you're learning things about your operation that you may incorporate learning from this particular situation yeah i I think so darren i mean at least in the short term i mean we've already um you know we're, we're a lot different than tim's operation in a couple of ways but the golf course itself lends itself to walking and 40 percent of the rounds we normally do are walking rounds. Hmm. And so if we would decide 
to say no carts for a month or so, I don't think it would be as um, impactful upon us as it would Tim, because anybody's ever walked Blackthorn, it's nice to have a cart available, believe me. Um, so so that, that part of it, but I think in terms of what the roles of our outside staff are, they're probably going to change a little bit, whereas it used to be totally customer service driven, which we, you know, we still are a big believer in that, offloading their clubs from their car, loading their clubs on a cart, cleaning their clubs, any type of that close contact, at least in the short term, would, would change to cleaning carts, disinfecting certain things, uh, giving directions, just a totally different role for our staffs. And whether it remains long-term, I don't know, but if, we're busy putting together all the protocol that we'll have to employ in the short term to make sure everybody remains mm. safe once we get the green light. Guys, the great thing about the game of golf, it's always been a way to get away from the world, even though at times it can be a very frustrating game, but it can also be a very rewarding game as well. But at the same time, it's a great sport to get away, take a few hours away from regular life. And you know, I know obviously some places you can't play right now, some places you can, but Tim, I would have to assume you're getting a pretty good reaction from people when they come out to Blackthorn and have, a top, have an opportunity to do something that I guess – we should call now normal. Well, I'll tell you, it's been refreshing. I mean, the days of grumpy golfers complaining about <laughs> are pretty much over. They are so happy to be out there. And, uh, and it won't, like it won't take long, Tim. They'll be back. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, that's true. But um, it, it's been just uh, great uh, to see the joy uh, that people are getting uh, by being able to get out and how happy they are. And, you know, I would encourage people that maybe haven't been playing the game for a few years. I mean, this is a great opportunity to maybe get those clubs out of the garage, come out and hit a bucket, get some fresh air. You know, the, you know our range is open, too, in the putting green. Um, so maybe uh, for some of those uh, who uh, have kind of put the clubs away for the last few years, take, you know, get those out and get going again. Maybe this could be a reintroduction yeah. to golf. Final thing for this segment, I think – Everyone that I was listens about you, Darren. By the way, oh, I I understand. Hey, I've been swinging the club in the backyard, and and I'm working on a new putting stroke to get rid of the yips that has caused oh. me to put my clubs away. So my hands are in some very unique places, but so far so good. The, the yips have gone away. So I'm actually that's what I do in my basement. You know, when I'm thinking about topics for sports beat, seriously, I grab the club and I'm thinking about topics, but also. I'm working on this new wacky claw slash I don't know what else you call it, but so far so Where good. Where did you learn this? Watching old time golf on TV right now and watching how different people putt. Okay. Yeah. So at this point, anything outside of twenty feet, I have trouble not my hands just getting all quirky so so far so good we'll see but i'm not on a real green yet so and there's no coin on the line so that could lead to the the craziness but what i was going to say i think anyone who has listened to the golf show for years would agree that the greatest name dropper in the history of the show and maybe the name the greatest name dropper in the history of our station which is closing in on 100 years is john foster who has just a unique way of just dropping in these big names like he did last year during the U.S. Senior Open buildup. But I got to admit, John, you have company now in the conversation because Tim was on Sportsbeat last week, and he did a little name dropping of a, a football Hall of Famer that came out to Blackthorn. So, Tim, what's the story? 
Well, yeah, one of my favorite players ever when I was a kid growing up. But um, like I said, we've had a lot of Illinois and a lot of Chicago traffic over. So um, Dan Hampton brought eight guys over. Um, I guess it was two Fridays ago now. Um, and it was just a real joy uh, to talk to. And great guy, avid, avid golfer. Um, but uh, it was. I've never heard of him. Who is (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it was crazy. He started asking Lou Holtz questions, and I was wondering why would he be asking Lou Holtz questions. But he played for Lou Holtz at Arkansas. I'll be darned. Yeah, there you go. That's the connection. (laughs) Since I'm broadcasting from home, I have a dry erase board by my desk. Let's see. Firestone won, Foster nothing in the name drop category, and we will have a continuing running telethon total throughout the golf show well, season. John hasn't, John hasn't left his house this year, so he, you know. <laughs> yeah, Tim, they, the celebrities come see me. Oh, okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. I can't wait to find out who's coming by, that's for sure. And, and by the way, with all the old programming on, I don't know if you noticed this, but on Friday, yesterday, they are replaying the 75 World Series Reds and Red Sox, one of the games. And, of course, John is a diehard Reds fan. And the one year they might be good, of course, the virus shows up and of course. all your hopes go away. Well, they've, they've had a virus for about 20 years down there, so I was so hopeful this Jeez. year. It was a different type of virus. But uh, I, I just haven't been able to get into watching old sports. You know, having having knowing what the outcome is just kind of agreed. robs me of the joy of watching. I agree. I but will say I can't do it. Well, no. it, doing sports beat from five to seven this week, they have had old Augusta National Masters on, and that's at least okay. I don't have to hear it; it's just background visualization. But it's still always great to see Augusta National. That's the one course that would get my attention when it's on. Yep, I, I don't. Have to wait till uh, November. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine how many people are going to hire to use leaf blowers to get the <laughs> debris off the ferries? Because it's got to look perfect, guys. Seriously. Well, they're going to they're going to be painting trees and stuff to make it look like azaleas because they aren't in bloom that time of year. <laughs> well, coming up in our next segment, we're going to think about old masters because this would have been the third round of the masters today, and then later on. John is going to take us down Magnolia Lane because he has played Augusta National. I have a couple of questions for our star golfer about his time hanging out with the guys at Augusta National. So we'll do that coming up. This is the Golf Show. Tim Firestone, John Foster, Darren Pritchett with you. Brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Stay in, stay active, enjoy. Proudly distributed locally by United Beverage of South Bend. All this great content on 96.1. WSBT, the sports leader. The debut of the golf show for 2020 continues on WSBT Radio, brought to you by Michelob Ultra, proudly distributed locally by United Beverage of South Bend. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club. It is Masters Weekend, or would have been Masters Weekend. Masters Weekend will now be in November if all goes as planned with the transitioning of dates on the PGA Tour. But we did mention that in the opening segment, ESPN is showing some old Masters tournaments right now. So I just want to go down memory lane for a couple of moments and what comes to mind when I mention these years at Augusta National. 
The obvious one, and I was in high school when this happened, and I remember it very well. 1986, the Masters, Jack Nicklaus at age 46 wins his sixth green jacket. And, guys, he had to really put the pedal to the metal on the back nine Sunday in order to win that historic green jacket. So what comes to mind, John, for you first when you think about 86 at Augusta National? I remember it very distinctly. I was living in the San Francisco area, had a tea time, and bear in mind we're three hours behind as far as time. So this was fairly early in the day, and it was this debate on whether I should go make my tea time or hang around because Nicholas had just started making a move, and obviously I bailed on, on playing golf and chose mm-hmm. to watch golf. And it was absolutely incredible. It was almost surreal, the things that went his way in order for him to win. But um, everything else, as far as memories go of, of the Masters, I think pales in comparison to that one. Was it Seve Ballesteros that was in contention and knocked it in the water on 13? Am I thinking yeah. right? Yeah. That kind of changed or, the tide a little bit. Yeah. That, that's, it was 12 or 13, not 12, yeah. Okay. Tim, what about you? 86. <laughs> about uh, was I, 10, 11 years old. Okay. I don't remember a whole lot about it. I know my dad was geeked up. I remember that part of it. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, seeing the highlights, what I remember of it is the size of Nicholas's putter head. Exactly. The response putter. That's my memory of the 86. And that putter got hot, didn't it? They sold a gazillion oh, of them oh. after that. Unbelievable. Everybody and their brother had one, and nobody could make a putt with them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it didn't matter. They kept playing them. Incredible. Sure. All right, let's fast forward a decade. 1997, the Masters. Tiger Woods won his first major. And the first round, guys, he shot a front nine plus 440. So at that point, he was just trying to get going, to get in position to make the cut. Well, I think everything worked out okay because he ended up shooting a tournament record, 18 under par, 270. And he beat the field easily. Tom Kite finished second. And he was 12 shots off the pace. So, Tim, that was the start of the Woods Revolution. Yeah, that's, uh, that was uh, – let me talk about the expectations and, you know, exceeding them in golf and just, you know, taking the world by storm. Well, a pretty amazing thing. I don't think there's probably been much like that in golf, to be honest. Mm-mm. John, what about you when you think of 97? Uh, I was – in Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) He's name dropping with states now. No, it really isn't named. I mean, it was so early in the day. I remember trying to watch it and and being torn between, you know what? It's 86 degrees out here and I got the ocean right outside here. I didn't see it. I spent the day outside. Now, obviously I saw replays and stuff. So, and like Tim said, I mean, absolutely incredible. I was as shocked as anybody over the score that he shot. And how he blew the field away. I think the significance, guys, was the fact that Augusta National changed their setup. After yeah. Tiger destroyed the golf course, I guess what they called it, Tiger-proofing? Yeah, and it didn't work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All they did was take a lot of other players out of it. You know, there's only so many people can win down there now. You have to hit it a mile. Yeah, they lengthened the golf course. And is, at that point, is that when they added the, the rough to the golf course? If you call uh, it, that came kind of a, a little bit later. Was yeah. it? Okay. Okay. All right. Now we, um, by the way, Tom Kite was second, 12 shots back. Tommy Tolls, who was a rookie then, 13 back. And Tom Watson 
was 14 shots off the pace in 1997. And, of course, Tom Watson will forever be a trivia question at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. Who was the first person to sign up for the 2019 U.S. Senior Open, right? Yes. I have <clears throat> I have a story. If it, do we have two minutes here? I can insert, and it's not name dropping, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually is name dropping of Greg Helmkamp, um, our assistant yep. golf pro here, who yes. caddied for Watson during mm-hmm. the event. So in January, Greg comes to my office, and he he heard that Watson was going to be playing at this um, in Hawaii at the first senior event, which was shocking because. You know, he announced he's not playing in the Senior Open anymore. He's going to have a very limited schedule. So Greg was, Greg made a comment like, I wonder if he needs a caddy. You know, he's going to Hawaii. I, could I have the time off? We were joking around. A couple of weeks later, he comes in my office and goes, I got a message to call Watson's assistant. He goes, you, you think he's going to need me to caddy? And I, I go, I don't know. You just got to call and find out. Well, lo and behold, actually, they called to get his Social Security number so they could 1099 him for the money that Tom paid him last year. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Even Tom Watson has to account for all of his expenses, evidently. Wow. (laughs) Greg was so disappointed. He was ready to go. I'll bet. (laughs) There are so many stories that that came out of that weekend, and there's one I'm going to ask and save it for a future show, but I just want to know about the birdhouse, if it's still there, and we can talk about that and reset that up at another time. That's for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's still there. It's bent, but it's there. (laughs) Okay. Well, if you don't know about the story, we'll tell you in coming weeks here on the golf show. And, And let's think back to last April. And the remarkable comeback of Tiger Woods winning his first major title since 2008, his fifth green jacket, major number 15. And really, he was not the main storyline for most of Sunday. But once we got to the back nine, things started to fall apart, including Francisco Molinari, who hit his ball into the water on the par 3 12th and then into the water on 15 after hitting a tree. So things really fell apart from Alinar, and he's really fallen off since that, whether it's coincidence or not. But then it just kind of felt like you could feel it feel it building on the back nine, guys, that Tiger was going to have a great opportunity to get it done. Then he sticks it close on 16, and he showed that old ability of once he had the lead, he normally was going to close it out. So how do you guys reflect on what we witnessed last year after that long wait, wondering if Tiger would ever win again? Well, I think it was just one of the most amazing sports moments ever, not just golf. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just uh, almost surreal in a way watching him get it done. Um, but I think it was uh, great for the game of golf. I think it was uh, – he deserved it. And, uh, you know, like I said, we doubted him before, but I would say that we probably won't see it again from him given his health recently and what's going on but uh certainly uh, a magical moment for golf you know i remember us uh prognosticating (laughs) way in the past about there's no way this guy's ever going to win again Um, and and i think we both really felt that was true especially Mm -hmm. when you look back uh, three four years when he decided he was going to come back and chunking chips and blading. It's like, this guy is shot. There's no way he can ever get it together. So if you take that and fast forward to what happened last year, 
it's even more incredible. Um, and Tim, you just said, I don't think you'll ever do it again. Be careful. <laughs> we said that before. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it was it was an amazing story, and I think it was like Tim said, it was great for golf. And the guy still moves the needle as far as viewership. You just look yeah. at the ratings when he plays versus when he doesn't play. Um, he's you, We want him to live till he's 200 and continue to play. Yeah, no doubt. Well, with all his back issues, that's a reason to doubt him. But he got it done last year at Augusta National. He said he was going to be healthy enough to play this year. He hadn't played since February. But he mentioned he thought he was going to be ready to go for Augusta had they played. And now we'll wait till. November and Tiger shot 13 under par last spring. Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, a group at minus 12. Jason Day in a group at minus 11. That was a great Sunday at Augusta National. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, John Foster has played Augusta National. I have questions that need answer. We'll do that coming up in a moment as sports, or I'm sorry, as the golf show continues. <laughs> There's the first time this year, guys. I know you Not love when last, I do that. So. It's let early. Me, it's early. Let, let me put that on the dry erase board. There's number one. All right. The golf show brought to you by Michelob Ultra, 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. The golf show presented by Michelob Ultra. Stay in, stay active, enjoy. Proudly distributed locally by United Beverage of South Bend. Along with John Foster and Tim Firestone, I'm Darren Pritchett. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Thanks for spending some time with us. Well, since it is or would have been Masters Weekend. One member of the crew has played Augusta National, and that would be Mr. Foster from Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. First, can I ask who gave you the invitation? Um, the, the guy that built our golf course. He's been a member there, and his father was a member for years, and his son is now a member. Okay. So you have played Augusta National. Here's the question I'd like to ask you that I've never asked you before. Okay. I'm visualizing arriving at Augusta National, and it is such a spectacular place. There's so much history, but I feel like I would be very uncomfortable there because it would be very tense and just a very intimidating moment. Is it like that at all, or is it more laid back than I anticipate? I, I think I, it was intimidating going to the pulling up to the front gate, and I was with uh, John Jasinski, who was our golf coach at the time, and the guy at the gate, a very nice guy, said, I'm sorry, guys, you're not allowed to come on property right now. Mr. Warren has two guests with him, or he's, he's at the guest. He had three guests with him. Until they leave, physically leave the property, you're not allowed to come on property. Wow. And, and I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a grind. If we're going to have to put up with this <laughs> throughout the whole thing. So the, the other guests leave. We go up. Bill greets us. We're at Butler Cabin. And I've never felt more comfortable in my life. The, the staff members at Augusta National treat you like you're one of the family. Awesome. There was none of the snob factor. And I think what's interesting is that, say, Bill Warren, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, whoever they are, who are members down there, they get no special treatment. They're treated like everybody else. And I think in, in a different kind of way, I think they kind of enjoy that. So I, I don't know if that answers the question there. Yes. I think everybody's equal there. And not that we're not normally, but sometimes you don't feel that way. But I never, from the time I got there till the time I left, felt uncomfortable at all or intimidated. That's a great story. I did not know about that part of the story. So, Tim, can you picture John Foster playing Augusta <laughs> National? Well, the, the only visual I have is that, you know, my mentor in the golf business and one of John's greatest friends tells the story how 
he calls Foster on Sunday morning and asks him what he's doing. He says, well, I won't say what he said, but basically I'm sitting on the throne in the butler cabin. So. <laughs> Looking out so the window at the 18th uh, green. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, and Brian was in this job for three to four years before I got here, and he's like, I never got an invite. And I said, there's probably a good reason for that. <laughs> well, well, John, that was my question. That was like, what? Seven or eight years ago, maybe? How long ago was it, that? Tim, get this. It was uh, 14 years ago. <laughs> no. Yes. Really? So so get this, well, guys. I, what I was going to propose is that we have people call in for a trivia contest on what year or which what's the anniversary of this golf show this year, except none of us know the answer to it, so we couldn't really <laughs> award a right. We don't know, right, right. Garen? I have no idea. I really don't. It, it's got to be 10 or 11, doesn't it? I think so. What do you think, Tim? Um, I think it's more than that, isn't it? I don't know. Well, it I just seems like it. In 2011. Well, we so know it hasn't been 11, 14 years. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. It's probably 11 years. Okay, because, wow. John, I did not. Well, John wasn't a part of the show when he went to Augusta National, so we know it's been sooner than 14 years. That's a good point. All right. I got about two minutes left in this segment. So, John, what ended up being your favorite hole on the golf course, and did it turn out to be the same as the one maybe you liked when you were watching it on TV? Uh, Kind of. Uh, The 12, the par 3. Yeah. you know, obviously a, a huge difference in skill level and seriousness of the round and what's going on. But it, when you got there, as far as clubbing, you know, I relied on the, the caddy all day. They were really, really helpful. But um, I had no idea what to hit. I went from nine iron to six iron, depending upon the wind. And it's the most docile looking hole you can imagine. We've all seen it. And so I ended up uh, the first day I played, I hit seven iron, and if you see the azalea bush about 10 yards up on the hill behind the green, that's where it ended up. And the second day, I hit seven iron again and hit it in Race Creek. And frankly, in both times, I didn't hit it that badly. I mean, I hit it really good hmm. the first time. But that's how the wind swirls, and you really can't tell, and you're so unsure, I think it affects you know how, how you swing at it. So that. That hole was really cool uh, watching on TV, and it was really cool to play it, too. Okay, so final question. If you're playing back then, when you played Augusta National, the state of your game, if you played your best at Warren and you played your best at Augusta National, how many more strokes would you have taken at Augusta National? Mm, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I played three rounds there. I shot 81 each time. We Ooh. played what what the, I guess you would say, they hadn't lengthened the golf course yet, <clears throat> you know, to, to the degree that it is right now. Um, but as you guys know, I mean, from tee to green, I'm not so sure Augusta wasn't easier than Warren because their greens are a lot bigger. Yeah. But once you get on the green, it's a totally different game. So let's say six to seven shots probably. Okay. Yeah. And just for clarification, the 81s were without a foot wedge. No, that, well, it, they were, except I had a caddy doing it for me, which is even cooler. <laughs> I told my – he, on the 13th, the very last day, I hit it left of Race Creek into the woods there, and I got to the ball, and there was a, a straight shot out to the fairway 
uh, and the ball was like teed up on a bunch of leaves. And he told me, he said, I think you are the luckiest golfer I've ever worked for in my life. You, you haven't go. had a bad lie all week. <laughs> so it wasn't Perfect. completely legit. There you go. All right, we'll come back and tell you what's coming up at Blackthorn and Warren, the golf show on WSBT. Golf show on WSBT South Bend. John, Tim, and Darren with you. We mentioned earlier, Warren is closed right now. Tim, you're open at Blackthorn. Give us the details. Yeah, everything you need to know is at blackthorngolf.com. You can book and pay online for range balls and for golf. Come out and see us. Very good. Golf show brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Stay in, stay active, proudly Distributed locally by United Beverage of South Bend. Guys, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thanks, Darren. That's the golf show on WSBT South Bend. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous spicy range rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.